Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's the 11th of the 11th, 2021. It's Remembrance Day in Australia. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net in Queensland. And I'm Sam Sethi from River Radio, the podcast first radio station here in the UK. And it's Armistice Day here in the UK. And also, James, can you believe it, episode 50. Episode 50. Wow. We both had, uh, we both had darker hair a year ago. <laughs> There's a thing. Podland is sponsored by Riverside.fm, a tool for recording podcasts and video interviews in studio quality from anywhere. We're using it now. And by Buzzsprout, used by over 100,000 podcasters like us to host, promote and track your podcast. We'll go into some of those details a little bit later on in terms of numbers. To start the news this week... Apple refreshes back, James. Are you super excited? Oh, super excited. Uh, so this is the refresh feed button within Apple Podcasts Connect, which they got rid of earlier on this year. And they've done two things. So firstly, they have changed their page to say that new episodes and other changes in your podcast feed should be seen within a few hours. It used to say 24 hours. So they seemingly feel confident that new episodes are being seen much more often. But even so, they've also added that refresh feed button back to Apple Podcasts Connect. So you can give it a hit if you need to. Um, There was a workaround uh, where you could actually do it in a slightly different way, but it's it's great to see the proper button being back. So that's good, I think. Are you sure it works or is it just one of those UI buttons that makes you feel better? Hit the button, click refresh and we'll pretend <laughs> something actually happened. Now, do you know, I was going to test it. I was going to actually have a look at uh, my RSS feed uh, log file live as I pressed the button uh, and then I, I, I got bored and I went to do something else. So I don't know. All I do know is that the system already checks my RSS feed every eight minutes. I can see that, as can you. Um, so therefore, it's doing a pretty good job there. Um, uh, so I, I'm pretty sure that it's really working. I mean, when would Apple lie to us? I, I'm not <laughs> so, going to comment. When would they ever do that? Uh, Tim's got some very good lawyers. Isn't there a better way? <laughs> (laughs) for Apple to use alternatives to refresh buttons to check that the podcast is being updated? Maybe something like Podping? Yes, there is. There is a a thing called Podping, which has been running for the last six months. Um, It's used by podcast hosts like Buzzsprout and also Captivate and various other ones. It's looking after more than 200,000 podcasts. And it's a pretty good system. So what it basically does is um, your podcast host needs to do something. But once they've done that, and it's literally one line of code, but once they've done that, then automatically it will tell new podcast apps that there's a new episode and that appears within just 45 seconds. It's a very good thing. Um, And frankly, Apple should be using it. Um, I'm sure that there are various reasons why they're not. And of course, if they've just spent an awfully long time fixing their RSS, scraping issues then the last thing that they probably want to do is to fiddle around with some other code but I think it would be worthwhile it's very cool and it just works and uh, it would make sense I think if more podcast aggregators and podcast apps were uh, using it uh, all they need is a very low powered computer running somewhere to just watch the fire hose of um, updates and um, they essentially know exactly when a podcast has been updated so it's 
really cool. It's also decentralised on the high blockchain, as we found out from Brian of London. Indeed. Uh, and also John Spurlock has produced some very clever code, which essentially automatically gives you backwards compatibility with WebSub. Now, WebSub is something which kind of does the same job, um, updating podcast aggregator apps all over the place. And that's great. It's um, not entirely fit for purpose, but it works sort of relatively well. Google Podcasts use it for example. Uh, and thanks to John Spurlock, just two lines of code in your own RSS feed will uh, fix that and make that work as well. So that's pretty cool. John's been a busy boy then, because he's just literally listed a ranker for the number of episode shares. Uh, he's put it out on Twitter. Seems Anchor are number one. James, have you seen these figures yet? Yeah, these are, are brand new figures. They came just as we were about to start recording, and they're very interesting. Um, so the way that John measures podcast host rankers is by new episodes in any given month. And uh, that then essentially shows people who are actually publishing rather than people who just have shows on the system. There are lots of shows, for example, in Anchor, which are completely dead. So this is, I think, quite a fair way of doing it. I think he calls it an objective way uh, of doing it. And the top five are Anchor at number one, with 23% of all new episodes published in October. Spreaker at number two, with 8%. Buzzsprout, our sponsor, at number three, with 8%. Triton Digital at 5%, which includes Omni Studio, and at number five, Libsyn, which is at 4.9%. Thanks, Love Freeman, for the uh, rundown <laughs> on the charts. Stay bright, all right. Now, have you had any cross comments recently? Plenty through email. Um, oh, you don't mean that. You mean something else. Yes. Yes, this is something new that um, the Podcast Index um, are currently testing. I think it's an alpha test uh, more than anything else, but it went live in last Friday's Podcasting 2.0 episode. And you can see the comments within Podfriend, for example. You can see it in other podcast apps as well. It's very cool. And the idea behind it is so that uh, you can leave comments uh, and other people can obviously see them and reply to them and everything else so much like youtube comments very very cool and i love the idea that um you know there are plenty of places for you to leave comments but unfortunately they only get seen in that particular podcast app so i think good pods is in there has some you know commenting system of their own and there are various other ones as well this is though a proper cross app commenting system it works with things like mastodon it works with twitter as well pod news is supporting the specification but uh, for twitter in our particular case so really cool to end up seeing. And, uh, you know, as Dave Jones uh, basically says, you know, interoperability is the key to things like this, because there's no point in building, you know, individual castles um, or individual pubs with no one in, just to give it an English uh, term <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no point in doing that. Uh, it's much more fun to enable those comments to appear everywhere. So that's a really cool thing. So just remind everyone, if they want to join in with this fun what app podfriend good one to start with i guess yeah but podfriend is a good one to start with um i would recommend uh, not looking for that as an app i would instead recommend using that uh, as a website on your mobile phone if you want or just on the web uh, just go to podfriend.com and hit the browser button. Uh, that means that you get everything and you get everything sort of pretty well brand new as it comes. Um, and uh, that includes the captions on there. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Excellent. Now, uh, 
I want to start off with, should we do sats or subs? That's the title of what I want to talk to you about, because Roy Shenfield from Breeze says it's time to short subscriptions, go long on Lightning. What's he on about, James? So this was a post that I saw that uh, he actually published earlier this year, but I, I, I found it really interesting and I hadn't read it before. He is basically saying that if you use a subscription for things that you don't use, that might mean Netflix, that might mean Spotify, that might mean YouTube Music, uh, it might mean podcasting. But a subscription where you're paying four ninety nine or twelve ninety nine a month um, is one thing, but actually they're, they're not really very good for the consumer. Much better is pay as you use. And um, uh, so I can give you a few examples uh, here, actually. We have just cancelled our Spotify uh, subscription because um, I haven't been using it for a while. My partner used to use it, but she's changed jobs. So because we're not using it anymore, we've still been paying, you know, whatever it is, $14 a month um, for the privilege of a Spotify premium account. Um, so we've just canned that. Um, and uh, that's, a, uh, you know, a good thing. So we're saving ourselves money. Now, if we were paying as we use it, then that would have been a much more equitable way, I think, of uh, using that. And the same obviously goes for streaming sats when you're listening to great podcasts that you like. I think there's probably a limit on how many podcasts that you're likely to spend um, three, four, five dollars, five pounds, five euro uh, a month for. But um, if you're paying uh, small amounts of sats per minute for the podcast that you have a listen to, that's a, a much better way of doing these things. So, um, yeah, it, it was an interesting uh, blog post that he had written uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, I linked to it from Pod News this week. I get from a consumer point of view that it's a better uh, option. From a business point of view, it's completely not a better option. It's the gym model, isn't it? Sign up for your gym membership and never go again after January. The gym model is great for people who will sign up. But there are lots of people out there who'll never sign up because they're there going, I'll never use a gym that much. Now, if I could go into a gym for 50 pence for an hour or whatever it might be, um, then A, I clearly wouldn't. Have you looked at me? Um, but also B... <laughs> 50 pence an hour. You clearly have not been to the gym. No, I clearly haven't been. <laughs> I haven't set foot in a gym ever in my life, I don't think. But anyway... Um, <laughs> But where was I going with that? Yes. So, um, but you can see that there would be some sets of people who would be perfectly happy doing that. And I think probably they fit alongside each other. You know, you could actually see there being a possibility in the future of, you know, paying for Spotify um, for, you know, £12 a month or whatever it might be, but there being another opportunity of paying for, you know, paying per hour. But uh, yeah, I, I can see what you mean in terms of business. I, I do wonder, though, whether or not you would end up with far more MAUs, far more, you know, active users, if you had a pay-as-you-go option as well. Well, Sky TV in this country has realised that people are cancelling their subscriptions because they don't use them enough, but they still want the sport. So they do have a Now TV app that you can pay per game. So, yeah, I suppose it may well be coming. You never know. Keeping the pay-as-you-go model uh, going forward... Castomatic 8 is the latest podcast app that they've uh, launched. It supports the podcast index and value for value. So congratulations. Have you tried, used it, looked at it yet, James? Um, yes, I've used it. It's uh, iOS only. So obviously it's not on my uh, main phone. I'm uh, looking forward to my Pixel 6 Pro, which uh, they've just taken the money for. So I'll be getting that any day now. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been playing around with that on uh, the iPod Touch. It works very nicely. 
Um, it's got a few interesting tools in there, which I wish that more podcast apps had. It's got an auto leveler, so it, it allows podcasts which haven't been produced as well as this one to boost all of the voices up so you can hear everybody. It's got a silent skipper. It's got various other things in there as well. So it's pretty cool and um, looks really nice, works really well. So that's good. What we could do with the developer of um, that podcast app uh, on this show. Uh, how about next week, Sam? Uh, I think so. I reached out to the wonderful Franco and uh, yeah, we're going to arrange to have a chat during the week. So we'll have an interview with him next week. Look forward to that. Well, that's interesting because he will be one of two podcast app developers on the show next week. Uh, The other one is uh, Sean Lee, who will be joining us from Clever.fm, which is a social podcasting app uh, that does all kinds of clever things. And uh, if you were to try Clever.fm, you would find some interesting things going on there with the Podland podcast. Uh, Sean will be a guest on the show next week and he will uh, demo a little bit more of that with us then. YouTube. Uh, You're a big fan of YouTube music and you've recently started using or extending pod news into YouTube. It seems that YouTube now is the place that you should be pushing your stuff into. Um, Before I go into other parts, Headliner recently just added an auto posting to youtube so you can add your shows automatically it uses your episode artwork and title uh, and you can produce a bespoke template so youtube itself james you experimented a little while back with putting pod news on there What's happened? Has that been a good experiment? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I my view is that YouTube is just another podcast app. And if you put YouTube on there and, you know, you, you actually upload your shows onto there, you might get more people accessing your show and that might be a nice thing. So that's what I've been doing. So for the last, um, uh, goodness knows how long, I've been automatically uploading uh, my show onto uh, YouTube. Um, for example, um, the podcast that I did about Fat Leonard, which was a podcast exposing corruption in uh, the US Army and Navy, um, that's had 244 plays on YouTube. Um, so that seems to have done very well with the algorithm somehow. Most of them are around 20, 25, some of them 50 views. So, you know, there's a uh, there's a sensible amount of, um, you know, of numbers uh, on there, but it's not massive. But there again, you know, if if these 20 people are, um, you know, people who've discovered Pod News for the first time, who might go and subscribe to the newsletter, it's free, podnews.net, then all of that would be a good thing, I think. So, um, yeah, so I, um, uh, it's been working quite nicely. What I've uh, recently done is I've added a little bit of um, visualisation myself into there. So now there's a, a little bouncing, you know, audio graphic um, to indicate the fact that there is some audio there. And I worked out how to do that directly in FFmpeg and have um, published how to do that. So if you're interested in doing that for your own podcast uh, and you're quite techy, because goodness, you need to be, um, then uh, you'll find that linked in our show notes as well. Now, we talked about uh, the use of chapters and images in podcasting and maybe some clever developer out there being able to allow you to expose those images within a YouTube Mm. uh, video. 
Has anything ever happened on that idea or has it just died a death? Yeah, I'm not aware of anybody that has basically worked out how to go and get, for example, podcasting 2.0 chapters and to export that as part of the video. That would be pretty cool, particularly if you were to take the transcript as well um, and be able to upload that into YouTube as well. So you've actually got the transcript, you know, appearing, the proper transcript appearing in there too. Um, that'd be really interesting. If there's somebody doing that, I'd love to know about that. That'd be really cool. And um, if there isn't, then um, then maybe that's a um, a fun piece of coding over a, over a weekend for a curious geek. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything like that yet, but uh, who knows, it might exist. Talking of podcasting 2.0 and, and this episode's mention of the Podfather and the Podsage. Uh, so they had Craig and Matt from Castos on this week talking about their support for Value for Value. Um, I haven't managed to get round mm. to listen to the episode, but I, I am at the beginning of it. Did you listen to the whole episode this week? I did. Very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for two reasons. Firstly, because Dave was ill. I didn't enjoy it because <laughs> Dave was ill. I enjoyed it because Dave was basically um, saying what he felt instead of being as polite and as sagist as he normally is. He was being grumpy, and I thought that Grumpy Dave was a good Dave, so I very much enjoyed that. And then Craig and Matt, who aren't developers, they they are um, more focused on the uh, on the product side, um, talking about what Castos is, how it works, what they're working on. One of the things that they were saying is that wouldn't it be brilliant if some of these new podcasting 2.0 apps were a little bit more polished, were a little bit nicer. Everything they said felt a little bit beta at the moment. And uh, Adam didn't agree. Um, I have to say, I do agree with Craig and Matt. Um, I think that all of them could do with a little bit of polish, a little bit of um, of, of love. Um, some of them are a bit buggy, but, you know, uh, it's early doors. So, you know, there is always that. But uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Maybe they need a refresh button like Apple. <laughs> Another company trying to do something similar in this space is called VideoPod. It's another tool to produce social media videos from your podcast audio. It's free and it's run by the French company Bad Geek. Yeah, which is very cool. I gave it a, a quick whir. It, it does a good job. And if you want a free tool, which does a great job, then uh, that's a great free tool. Just covering a few other apps that you've covered this week, James. Podcast Guru, one of the top rated podcast players for Android, is now available on iOS. Um, are you a podcast guru user on your, well, you haven't got your phone yet, but on your old phone? Um, yeah, I've, I've used it in the past. Um, it's a pretty nice, you know, polished app. It doesn't have too much podcast index uh, namespace support, although it does integrate with Podchaser, which is very nice. It now supports the podcast index for search as well. And the fact that it's now available on iOS is very interesting. One of the things that Podcast Guru has done particularly well is it's sorted out all of the user agents. So um, podcast hosts should know what it is as soon as it downloads a audio file. Um, and that's also in the OPORG list as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's a nice, smart looking app. Um, it is actually one of these apps that has been given a proper UX lick of paint and looks very nice. PodLP is uh, a podcasting app you've talked about in the past. It's on a different platform, not iOS or Android. It's on this operating system called KaiOS. Mm. Remind everyone what it is, because they've released version 2.1. KaiOS is the 
operating system for very cheap phones in developing countries. So India, lots of KaiOS phones there. The Geophone is a KaiOS phone. Um, quite a lot of African nations also have these KaiOS um, phones. Uh, you know, they're phones that cost less than $10. They're, you know, they're really good. And PodLP is the biggest podcast app for that platform. It's just released version 2.1, which has a sleep timer in there. It's got a better download system that works. One of the things it supports is the alternate enclosure as well. So if you're listening to Pod News on there, you can check a button and instead of pod news being about one one and a half megabytes of uh, data uh, to download every single episode it's um it's just a tenth of that it's a tiny amount because uh, i feed a you know okay sounding opus file to those phones and um and that works great so uh, yeah it's a really it's a really smart little um podcast app and if you want to advertise your podcast in there then you can do that too and last but not least uh, one of the things you wrote about was a company called futury which has released a major update to its post radio to podcasting system and it seems it's going to even be granted a u.s patent for mm. doing that what is Futury? So it's Futury, apparently. Ah. I say apparently. I did some consulting work for them, but probably about five or so years ago, when they actually came up with that name. Um, they come up with a couple of really nice ideas. And one of them was renaming the company to Futury. They used to be called Listener Driven Radio. And the other thing was um, doing a few clever things with a piece of technology that they'd bought, which is a streaming transmitter, or as you or I would call it, an audio encoder. Uh, but it's a really smart little thing. Anyway, Post is a pretty cool thing that essentially if you're a radio DJ and you've just done a really good presenter break or a link, as you would call them in the UK, and you're there going, you know, that was really good. I'd like to put that little clip of audio out as a podcast. Then um, they give you a big button, which you have in the studio. You hit that button and then the system automatically goes back, grabs the audio that you have just broadcast and... Um, makes it into a podcast automatically. So it's a really clever little uh, system, hence why it's been granted a US patent, uh, which uh, I linked to from uh, Pod News. But uh, yeah, it's a, just a very clever piece of uh, technology. They just released a major update uh, to it, um, presumably with some of the stuff that's in the patent as well. But um, it's worth a look if you're a radio broadcaster, definitely. I might have to go and have a look at that then, James. Mm. Now, the reason why I asked you to go through all of these different apps uh, and talk about what features they've got and what they support in terms of value for value and the podcast index is because it dawned on me that you know everybody listening is going oh which app should i use there's so many good ones we haven't really talked about all the brand new features in clever which i thought were really good as well um but there is a page that people can go to, which is on the podcastindex.org forward slash apps to go and see all this stuff. But do you think we'll ever get to the point where we get all the apps supporting all the tags and having some parity? Because it feels like, you know, Fountain's got a great feature where you can clip up uh, a piece of audio that you're listening to and share that as an audiogram, but I can't find that in other apps. Then you've got another one that uses another feature that I think, oh, that's brilliant, but that isn't in another app. They all seem to be having a little bit of a, I've got one feature, you've got one feature, but very few seem to have the majority of the podcast tags. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
I guess that actually that is a competitive point of difference. There will be some podcast apps which want to support everything. There will be some podcast apps which just want to support a couple of tags. And if they lose users because of that, then that's kind of their lookout. Um, So I'm not too concerned about that. I think one of the things which is interesting is, you know, podcastindex.org slash apps, which I think might be the same as newpodcastapps.com. But that is a very nice uh, page. It's not filterable, though. So what I've done, actually, is I've written a piece of code which uses the same data, but allows you to say what podcast apps are there that support uh, transcripts. And you you can click a button and it will just show um, those particular apps, um, which I haven't put live yet, but I'm hoping to put live by this time next week. Um, So that'd be pretty cool. And it's all JavaScript as well. So if anybody wants to nick it, then they can. So I've written the whole thing in JavaScript, which I kind of wish I'd that I hadn't, but I've kind of learned a bit about JavaScript, so I don't care too much. But I think, you know, at the end of it, you've got podcast apps, which will be really good in terms of UX. Podcast apps will be really good in terms of, you know, some of the additional features like automatic leveling and, you know, silence skipping and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got, you know, additional podcast apps, which do um, other things as well. And I think it was probably a good thing to have competition there. What we don't want is every single podcast app to do exactly the same thing and to work in the same way, because that would be dull. Yes, I I, I get your (laughs) point. But I also think that having a base level where they all support certain features and functions would be good as well. Well, yeah, maybe. But then I suppose the base level is, can you search? Can you play a podcast? Um, and that's probably their base level, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, whether or not you have something like, uh, I know that Podcast Index already has a Podcast Index certified type of thing, but if you could have a Podcast Index approved where you have supported certain tags correctly within the spec, it's been checked by someone and they can actually get a specific badge which actually... Uh, gives them an approved status. Maybe that's um, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Do you ever, given your futurologist role now, do you ever see a time in which Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or Google, uh, the four horses of the apocalypse, would you ever see them supporting the podcast index? Oh, I would have thought yes, definitely. I think that they will support certain tags. I don't think that they'll support everything. And I think, frankly, I think any podcast app which tries to support everything will probably fail because some of those tags are uh, probably destined to fail, you know. So I think, um, but I think, you know, there are some tags particularly like uh, the transcript tag, which seems an obvious one, which frankly, everybody should be supporting. And if you're not supporting the podcast transcript tag, then you should kind of have a look at yourself and think, you know, what are you doing um, deliberately making your apps not as accessible as they could be? Um, So I think that there are certain tags that, um, you know, podcast apps will support. And I think that there are probably quite a few that won't support every single one. But um, in terms of Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts, I think they would be foolish not to support Um, some of the particular tags because I think that would really benefit them and the transcript tag is a pretty obvious one I think you know in terms of that. From my point of view as a business side of it I can't see why they wouldn't because they're sucking in RSS data and if the data's richer Mm. they're just getting more data without having to do work. I don't really see 
Is there a competitive advantage to them not supporting it? I mean, the competitive advantage for, for example, Amazon to build its own transcript tool is that it's something which they can guarantee is available on every single podcast that they turn it on for, and it's proprietary, so therefore it means that, you know, their stock is worth more. So I suppose, you know, they've got that sort of side of it. But, I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I suspect that users will choose great podcast apps that have a combination of support for all kinds of cool features of which the podcast index can really help with and also has great user interface and you know is just coded well um so you're not pressing a button and sitting there waiting while this sort of juddery horrible animation that doesn't really work very well um you know slowly envelops the screen or whatever you know however some of these apps work so you know i think that uh, i think that there are benefits in certainly integrating as much of this as you possibly can and you know why you haven't got podcast apps that say we get new podcast episodes faster than any other podcast app you know from Podping, uh, as one example, why you haven't got um, apps doing that now and using that as a competitive point of difference, I really don't know, because we can very clearly see that people get very annoyed when apps haven't updated uh, their podcasts as soon as they can. Mm. Well, we'll watch this space. And I look forward to that, uh, that filtered chart that you're going to produce. That'll be quite cool. Yeah. Moving on now, Acast has released its Q3 21 results and wow, revenue was up 89% year on year and listeners increased to 891 million. Clearly Acast is doing something very well, James. Yes, I mean, I would say that, uh, of course, revenue's up um, year on year for this quarter because this time last year, uh, we were in the middle of a pandemic and we weren't quite sure what was going to happen. So everybody's revenue is going to be up. I'm not too excited about that. The listens, though, have increased quite nicely. Um, They did release something in their report, which I thought was interesting. They said that the Apple Podcasts download bug had basically cost them 53 million lost listens, which is about 6% of their total listens figure. Um, And that's for quarter three, um of this year so um so it clearly had an effect the previous quarter as well so i thought that was fascinating acast is still making a loss they made a net loss of 4.6 million dollars in the quarter which is up 15 percent year on year which is a bit concerning but you know they are very much growing they've just um uh, floated on the stock exchange you know they um they are awash with funding which is a good thing and um, you know, and they seem a pretty good company from um, from my understanding. So uh, yeah, so it's good to see them doing that. Yeah, yeah, they're much bigger than I thought. I followed a couple of people on Acast on LinkedIn, and suddenly I got about hundreds of options to follow people from Acast all over the world. They are massive. Seems they've got yeah, people everywhere. Yeah, they are. They're a very very large company, and um, you know, and doing some pretty good things. Now, Acast is now automatically adding podcasts to Podchaser, which. If you listen to uh, the podcast index with Dave and Adam, has upset the pod stage. He's not very happy that they're doing that. But what have they done? Let's explain first of all what 
Acast is doing, James. So Podchaser is a big directory of podcasts, and Acast has basically got a data feed that means that any new podcast that is on Acast automatically gets added onto Podchaser, uh, which is nice. And Podchaser is a decent system, and that's all good. The thing, though, that I would say is that they are putting all of their podcasts into Podchaser, but they're not bothering putting all of their podcasts into the podcast index. That's what Dave Jones is a bit annoyed about, and I can completely agree with that. It is literally one line of code. If they've got a piece of code which is adding podcasts to Podchaser, I happen to know how that API works. It's just one HTTP call. Guess what the podcast index is? It's just one HTTP call. So it would be really good if they were to fix that too. And that would be another press release for them. And um, if I've learned anything about ACAST, uh, and I know that a lot of people listen from ACAST, but if I've learned uh, anything about ACAST, they do love their press releases. So (laughs) folks, if you want another good uh, press release, then um, uh, get uh, automatically adding your podcasts into the podcast index. It's one line of code and um, it'll get you another roll of the press release dice. And that would be a good thing. Is there a press release? Device? I'm sure it'd also get a few boostergrams as well from Adam and Dave. Well, I'm sure they would if they if they enabled some of their podcasts for value for value. And I'm sure that they would get a ton of that too. By the way, talking about enabling their podcasts, of course, they have a podcast which is all about their financial results. Because, of course, why wouldn't they? Uh, so if you're really interested in that, uh, then you can go and uh, find uh, that particular podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I will have added it to the podcast index automatically. Uh, so it's in there. It's called Acast Financial Reporting. Each episode is an audio recording of our most recent quarterly presentation to investors. <laughs> Anyway, uh, (laughs) it's available there um, on a podcast app near you. iHeartMedia, they've got their results out as well. Uh, It says that podcast revenue was $64 million for the quarter. That almost doubled, well, uh, 184% year on year. As you said, everything's going to sound big. It counts for 6.8% of the company revenue. So sounds like it's working for iHeartMedia. Yeah, it sounds like it's working for iHeartMedia. It, it's worthwhile comparing iHeartMedia's revenue, $64 million for the quarter with Acast's, $30 million, which is interesting. Um, 6.8% of the company's revenue um, uh, shows that podcasting is still pretty small beans for them in terms of their size. Uh, but nevertheless, interesting to see Odyssey, which is uh, Entercom uh, as was, which is their competitor, uh, also released their financial results. 16 million, so considerably less, and just 4.8% of the total company's income. So again, you know, interesting just to um, compare the large broadcasters with um, companies such as Acast and others. Yeah, a couple other companies who announced their results just quickly. Cumulus Media and also Graham Holdings. The thing that I found interesting about all these financial results, as you said, they're all saying they're massively up in terms of listener figures and uh, in terms of revenue. Mm. But it seems all of them have made a loss. They are all making a loss still. When do we think that will jump the shark into a profit and not a loss? 
Yeah, I think some of them are making a loss, some of them are making a profit. So um, Cumulus Media says that their podcast business is profitable, but margins are low, which is interesting. Graham Holdings, who owns Slate, CityCast and Pinner, said that they all saw revenue increases, but all made losses. And Live One made a net loss of more than $15 million. They own Podcast One. Um, They're claiming robust growth. They have 2.48 billion downloads so far this year. Um, But um, the stock market wasn't particularly excited about about what it is that they're doing. They've just uh, launched a new membership thing, um, probably to see if they can salvage that. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I think quite a lot of these podcast companies are in acquisition mode at the moment. And they're, you know, um, pushing the flywheel, as I believe that everybody has to talk about now when you're talking about um, uh, business results, you have to be talking about flywheels. And I think they're still expending the energy to get that flywheel going. And the more that they do that, the more revenue that they will earn, and the more profit that they will earn, you know, and... um, Certainly, you know, it's difficult looking into some of these larger broadcasters because, you know, podcasting is a small amount of what they do. And clearly, um, uh, it's quite difficult to work out whether individual bits are profitable or not. But um, yeah, you know, uh, I think it it does show us that we're still quite early stages in terms of um, podcasting as a business. I just wanted to stick with the Live One membership. Um, I read the press release because I thought... Mm. It's quite interesting that uh, podcasting as a standalone activity, companies like Acast is great, but we talked earlier about YouTube, we've talked in the past about um, live audio, things like Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse. Um, It seems with their Live One membership, what they're trying to do is offer a combination of uh, live events, podcasts, prizes and NFT auctions. Um, do you think we need companies like this to extend beyond just offering a subscription like Apple do or or Spotify do to a single podcast product to much more? I can see Spotify, for example, when they integrate green rooms, if they ever get there, um, being able to then say, hey, look, you know, your your now Spotify membership includes access to, I don't know, a live audience with Beyonce before the launch of her new album or something. Live One is launching a new Live One membership offering in 2022. So they haven't launched it yet. They also say that they already have 170,000 initial members. So I'm not quite sure how that works. They have a target of 2 million eligible members by March of 2022. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And um, they say that everybody will receive limited edition founder coins that can be used across company flywheel. I have no idea what any of that means. Sounds very exciting. Well, I do know what that means, but it's basically they're going to create or mint their own version like Rally.io does. So they're going to create a coin that's transferable across. And so if you want to then, a bit like the value for value token, want to uh, go to a podcast and pay for it with... So you're basically exchanging fiat currency for a live one coin, and then you'll be able to use that coin across multiple events or activities within the live one network. Well, you know, I mean, as soon as I hear that, 
<laughs> I'm just there thinking, yeah, <laughs> really? I mean, what they are doing, which is clever, is they own Slacker Radio, which is a, um, a radio service much like Pandora or, frankly, Spotify uh, in the US. So they have the music rights for a music service. So they're bunging that in. They're bunging in live streams from Live by Live. They're bunging in um, all of their podcast stuff. They've got uh, pay-per-view events and live events and stuff like that that they're adding into it. Um, I mean, again, some of the language in this. Weekly updated original content and daily news, interviews and tent poles. Tent poles, um, you know. So they so they've they've got access to quite a lot of content that basically across the Live One group they're pulling together. That makes an awful lot of sense to me. And then it, it sort of gets a little bit more desperate as they go down from behind the scenes access, virtual meets and greets, virtual meets and greets. Brilliant. You could have a Zoom call with. Um, Ed Sheeran. Great. Uh, and James, you say that, but people will pay for that. That yeah, is um, I know, I suppose. That is what what people do or want to do. Uh, discounts on exclusive Live One and artists' merchandise. Oh, brilliant. I can get a Live One t-shirt. Points and tokens for every transaction on Live One platform. Prizes to include experiences, tickets, and win a Tesla. <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this is the difference between um, having a reserved British culture and seeing the, uh, the chutzpah, as I believe the phrase, of this Live One announcement. I, I'm just there like thinking, yeah, really, it's all a bit I don't know. It's all a bit too much. The new Live One membership will also feature an integrated digital wallet to be used seamlessly via our app or log in across all our platforms and services from the metaverse to the concession stand and back. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, I wonder whether this is essentially a press release which is written to um, get um, stupid investors excited and uh, <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> oh, NFTs. It's mentioned NFTs. Must go and buy some more shares of life by life. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, maybe I'm just being a bit a bit mean and a bit, um, you know, a bit mean about them. But uh, yeah, um, really. <laughs> well, I nearly shouted house because buzzword mm. bingo with all of the uh, terms that they were using. But I do think there is something there in it. I, I, if, I can't see how they go from 170,000 to 2 million personally, members by March, but that's that's in or there. Maybe they've got a secret plan. But um, I do think in a more putting live one aside, I do think it's something that we as an industry need to look at. And I think it will happen with the bigger players like Amazon and uh, I can see, for example, Amazon Prime, which is basically a membership scheme extending. I mean, you get Amazon Music as part of your Prime. Why mm. wouldn't you? They've talked about creating a clubhouse competitor. They've already talked. I know Jeff Bezos is big on creating a Amazon coin. Um, add all of that into the mix and you you've got fundamentally what live one's talking about yeah i think so and live one also do put together a large amount of physical events obviously not recently uh, and that's one of the reasons for their um for their financial issues at the moment but 
you know, they do do an awful lot of live events. And part of the membership, which I think is quite clever, to be fair, is that if you are a Live One member, then you get early entry into the venue. You get, um, you know, 20% off certain food and beverage items. Um, you, you, you could get uh, a behind the scenes tour. You could get 20% off merch. Um, all of that, which, you know, if you're going to see an Ariana Grande concert or whatever it might be that happens to be in a Live One venue or happens to be, you know, organised through Live One, well, great, you know. I, so I can kind of see a little bit of that. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm I'm looking at this through the, um, through the lens of, um, you know, podcast one and, you know, um, uh, you know, and online things and forgetting about the, the whole physical stuff too. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch this place. I do think there is a trend there. I don't know if live one's the right one to make that trend occur, but I do think I expect to see Amazon and Spotify certainly extending out their offering because they've got to find new revenue streams. Well, they don't have to, they make enough money, but I'm sure they'll look to make new revenue streams. Indeed. Okay, moving on. Uh, talking of Spotify, uh, you noticed something this week uh, that uh, the current number three podcast in the UK is called the Risk Podcast, but there's something fishy about it, James. What's fishy about it? Yeah, well, it's the RSK podcast, and it's got a picture of Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pilkington on it. And what it basically is, is it's just 50 pirated episodes of Ricky Gervais podcasts uh, from 2005 to 2013. Um, it even says on the page that it's from a user who just made this as I wanted a way to listen to these myself on Spotify. Um, so it's clearly copyright infringement. Um, some episodes have been downloaded more than 150,000 times. It was the number three podcast on Spotify when I looked. Now, here's an interesting thing. It's still up there a week later. Um, so I know that Podbean read uh, Pod News. I know that Spotify read Pod News. So clearly, neither of those companies care. Uh, and clearly, both of those companies are absolutely fine with pirating uh, podcasts uh, from um, some random user or other. Um, and that's a bit disappointing, both from Spotify and from Podbean. So, um, yeah, that's a bad thing. Now, the lock tag within the podcast index 2.0, would that have prevented this? No. No. Because uh, oh. no, because all all the lock tag does is it stops you from copying a podcast and moving it to a different podcast host. What this appears to to be is just lots of um, audio uh, clips, lots of you know audio files which have been uploaded as a new podcast. And there's nothing really to stop doing that unless you want to put every single podcast through a you know, DRM platform, which nobody wants to do that. That would be YouTube, that would be. Um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, no, uh, sadly, the uh, the only way of stopping this from happening, apart from uh, running a robot and checking that, that is this podcast like any other podcast which we know exists, um, is, to, um, uh, is to make all podcasts DRM'd, and nobody wants that. So uh, it's just one of those things that's going to happen, I think. Well, I'll have stroll down to Marlow, pop in and see Ricky, and just let him know then. As he's my neighbour. <laughs> he's another He's another of your neighbours, is he? He is indeed. Him and Chris Evans. Yep, and yes. Russell Brand. Yep, they're all round here. Uh, 
Ah, oh, you're a lucky man. Not so. <laughs> now. <laughs> now it's that time, James. Oh, it is. And now, as the French say, it is time for Le Boost. Yes, it's time for Boostergram Corner. This is where if you hold down the boost button in your podcast app, you can uh, send us a little tip with a message. And uh, lots of people have done that. So um, thank you to them. I've got the list this week. Uh, Sam hasn't, so I will read them out because Sam doesn't know. Um, can I just say I never have the list? You, you know, you do sometimes have the list. Sometimes I copy and paste it into the Google Doc that we both look at. Oh, yes. But today, no. So thank you, Dave Jones. 21,112 sats. 21112 sats, which I really must go and look at what that means. Anyway, uh, Dave Jones says, Sam, killer interview with. Benjamin Bellamy. Best namespace overview I've heard. Thank you. Thank you, you, Dave. Uh, He's a nice man. Thank you, Dave. Um, Very nice man. A message from Kyrin sent through Fountain, 234 sats. Thank you, Kyrin. Regarding Big Boris, you you, you remember I mentioned Boris Johnson last week and whether or not if I said something polite about him, but the auto transcript said something rude about him, you know, and said that he was a buffoon and he's not worth uh, running the the UK. Um, He says, are we at the point yet where we can just point at the AI transcription and blame it on them? And then can we have have AI lawyers battling it out in court. Well, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's a really interesting thing there. What happens if an automatic uh, transcript defames uh, somebody, um, even though you actually didn't uh, say it? Jeff Bezos has got a lot of money, so Jeff hey. Bezos does, although Jeff Bezos is kind of stepping down from Amazon, doesn't care that much, does he anymore? <laughs> so, That's why the AI is automated now. Yeah, so who knows? We have a new person. Hooray! New Boostergram from One Fine Play. He says, he or she says, James says, so it must be a he. Um... Uh, unless, of course, it's a female James, of which there are some. He, he or she says, they say, finally part of the Booster Gang. This is definitely the cheapest podcast advertising around. 4,444 sats sent using Fountain. Love the show. Keep up the great work, boys. The ant and deck of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. Thanks, James. <laughs> which one's um, which, though? He doesn't yeah, say, does he? Exactly. Well, it depends. It depends which of us is which of us are on the left and which of us is on the right, because of course, Ant. But you're clearly always... on the left, given your reading in the Guardian. <laughs> uh, Nick uh, says, "Great to see Brian on the pod." Um, uh, it was Nick. Thank you. Five hundred sats sent using uh, Fountain. That's Brian with a Y. Uh, so that won't be Brian of London. That'll be Brian Barletta. Adam Curry says, boosting for cross-app comments, 5,000 sats sent using CurioCaster. Thank you, uh, Adam. And one from Breeze. Uh, talking about when we were talking about um, transcripts last week, he says, tech never learns. They just repeat the same proprietary mistakes over and over. That's why he's called the Sage. <laughs> Uh, very good. Thank you so much um, for all of your uh, sats. I really appreciate it. Um, it goes into Sam and my um, pub fund. 
And uh, we will be in London together in May. More details very shortly. Uh, so we will be spending some of them then and probably some of them with um, some listeners as well because we might as well all be in a pub together. Uh, so that would be good fun. Um, if you uh, would like to send us a boostergram, then please do. Just hold down the boost button. What's that you say? You don't have a boost button in your podcast app? Well, you need to go to newpodcastapps.com and get a better one. Indeed you do. And we've mentioned that enough in this show show so there's a lot more that you can use now now moving on uh quick events update uh the vancouver podcast festival is back james are you going to be doing anything with them uh, i won't be because i can't leave the country yet but it's an online event on november the 20th oh, I meant, well maybe i could um tickets are 25 canadian dollars um and uh, that is taking part that's an online event whereas november 14th which is this sunday i think the dubai podfest is on it's a physical event in the dubai world trade center one of the other things that i have been doing today is i've been adding a third type of event because there are new events coming up uh, which uh, some of them are hybrid events. So they are part physical, part online. And so now on the pod.events website, you can um, list hybrid events, which is very exciting. Uh, and one of those is the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, which is coming back to Toronto in Canada next January. If you're a Canadian podcaster, take a look at Pod News. There are some good opportunities for you there. Um, and I suspect that we'll see more hybrid events coming up in the future. Now, uh, something that you're very close to or close to your heart with, it's the Webby Awards, the 26th annual Webby Awards. Yes. How, how many Webby Awards do you, did you have, Sam? Uh, mm, let me have a look. I'm going into the cupboard now. It looks a bit bare, a bit like Tottenham Hotspur's cupboard. Um, eh, nothing. Nada. How many have you got, James? I, I enjoy asking this question every week. I've got two. Um, yes, the final entry deadline for the Webby Awards is December the 17th, 2021. You should uh, get on uh, by doing that. They're currently uh, supporting a pod news feature every Wednesday, uh, reminding people that that's the case. And PodFest China was held recently. We have a full report of PodFest China as well, pictures from the day in Shanghai, which is really interesting. There's some um, interesting work that NPR are doing uh, over there as well. And I've also got some other news here, Sam, in terms of events. Would you like the other news in terms of events that you can't see? Yes, please. Yes, go yes. for it. Well, uh, the, uh, the very exciting news is that the podcast show is coming. It is in London. Uh, it's in, in London in May 2022, um, which I'm massively looking forward to. Um, we will be there. Will we? Hooray! Excellent. Um, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, uh, so it's at, towards the end of May. It's in the Business Design Centre in London, in uh, Islington. And there will be a version of this very show, Sam, <laughs> recorded on stage. Oh, no, they're going to find all the warts and all the real stuff now, are they? <laughs> <laughs> all of the stuff that we edit out. Um, so that's going to be great. Really looking forward uh, to that. So I need to talk to you about... Um, when that might be possible and whether you can do it, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, but it's the new International Festival for the Business of Podcasting. We will have an interview uh, with their content director in the next um, couple of months or so. Uh, I think tickets go on sale in February. 
Um, and uh, it's the 25th and the 26th of May is the main show in London. And there are podcasts being recorded all week. So uh, well worth um, uh, looking at and well worth taking part on. I better find a pub that takes Satoshis now. <laughs> yes, yes, good luck with that. Uh, but that should be good. You can find out more information at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Excellent. Now, James, let's close out. What else has happened for you in Podland this week? To be honest, this week has been mostly spent running away from the builders. Um, uh, uh, they're taking out walls <laughs> in my house and uh, doing all kinds of things. Um, so I've been doing a fair amount of that this week. Uh, I've also been speaking at a number of conferences and things um, and was on a podcast this week, which I should uh, hopefully be linking to next week. So there we go. Uh, have you had a more eventful week, Sam? Yeah, uh, I've closed out new funding for River Radio, which I'm very excited about. Um, uh, so oh, excellent. How much are we allowed to ask? Uh, yeah, 250,000. That's quite nice. So uh, that's... Yeah, that's, half a mi- uh, quarter of a million pounds, yeah. which is quite nice. Well, I, 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 will, nice. I will shout more when it's finally in the bank. But yeah, it's it's all been uh, promised and secured. It's, secured is a harsh word. I, I'd say promised is more likely a truer word. Yeah. But uh, no. And so a third of a million US dollars, what will you be spending that on? Well, marketing to one big thing, you know, uh, there was a great... Um, Radio mm-hmm. Centre did a very good online conference this week in London and I watched a bit of it online and basically you know it, it's coming down to they're all understanding about multi-platform they're understanding about you need to have your radio mm. you need to have your podcast you need to have extended uh, audiograms clips etc on YouTube so they're all beginning to get the model so for us as a, a radio station as I've called us a podcast first radio station because we have one hour shows that we podcast um, for us we have to go the other way and so the money is going to be used to do a bit more local mm-hmm. marketing but also to turn on DAB, which still, sadly, does attract a big audience. Yes, that's the main way of uh, broadcasting radio in the UK. It's much like uh, FM or AM, but slightly different. So, uh, yeah. No, well, that, that would make an awful lot of sense. So if you can get on there... Uh, then that would be good. What else are you doing? Uh, just because I don't think I've, I'm doing enough. Uh, I'm actually running a fundraising comedy night tomorrow night oh. to help uh, Syrian orphans in Greece. Oh, very nice. When you say help Syrian orphans in Greece, are you running the, the, the comedy night in Greece or are you <laughs> <laughs> helping the orphans? Yes, the badly worded. Yeah. Um, no, there's... Uh, <laughs> a friend's daughter runs a school out in Greece to help Syrian orphans who basically are getting no schooling at all now. They've just been abandoned. Mm. And uh, we decided that we would try and raise some money mm. to get books and various other bits and pieces and pay for some teachers. So to create a virtual, not virtual, a temporary schooling environment for these orphans who fundamentally have just been left alone by the Greek government and I've just been abandoned really and so we thought that was a good thing to do. Oh that all sounds really good so um, many congratulations and uh, and I hope it goes really well. Uh, and that's it for this week for Podland. Please follow Podland in your podcast app and on Twitter at Podland News where you can tweet a comment about this week's show or tweet us a question for next week's show. You can also find previous shows on the web at www.podland.news Yes and if you want daily news you should get Pod News. The newsletter is free at podnews.net the podcast can be found in your podcast app and all the stories we've discussed on Podland today are taken from this week's Pod News. All the links are in the show notes. Our music is from Ignite Jingles and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friends Buzzsprout and Riverside.fm. Keep listening. Keep listening.